0: unlocking the secret to better parenting this is growing pains on the light breakfast
1: and today we're with our resident child psychologist katiana asman
0: Kaciana, you know, most teenagers feel more self-conscious during their puberty stage, which mm-hmm. makes sense because the body is changing, right? But mm-hmm. why is self-loathing such a huge part of it?
1: Oh, I think that a lot of that does come from, like you said, the fact that their bodies are changing in a way that is very new to them, right? And I think just at that age of development, comparison is a really big thing with their peers. And so when your body is developing at a very different rate or in a different way compared to the people around you... It is very glaring, right? And I think that social media has just pulled that up a few thousand levels because now you can compare with people from other sides of the world with Photoshop filters on top of it, right? So I think that it is definitely because, because yeah, because your, your, your body's doing some quote-unquote strange things. There are things that are not typical to you up until that point um, and, you know, it's different from other people, right? So some kids who have just even like growth spurts, like being the tallest kid in your class all of a sudden um, or, or girls developing curves, you know, when their friends have it, these are things that make you stick out amongst your peers and so I think that's kind of what adds to that sense of self-loathing because you're not conforming or you're not fitting into the stereotype of what is normal for that love, for that age. Um, So we see that a lot more, again, now because of social media, you're seeing a lot of, um, you know, influencers and things looking a certain way. And so teenagers feel that I don't look like that, whether it be male or female, I don't look like that. And so because of that, a lot of that self-loathing kicks in. Um, Is it fair to say that it's a bigger problem, like... A huge problem these days uh, Mm. compared to our time, well, my time suddenly, Mm. where Mm. it seemed like it was just a short phase in the school years. Mm. I I think definitely now it's a bigger issue, again, just because of social media, right? Because I think that 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 thought or that that tendency to compare is natural, uh, given that age and given the amount of exposure that you have. But because social media opens the door to a much wider demographic and audience of people, that makes the comparison just a lot bigger, right? Um, And so I have daily conversations with with my teenagers about you know how the the comparison that they're doing is unfair because they're comparing themselves to say people of different age groups, different ethnicities, there, all these other things that of course they don't factor in, right? When they um, when they're doing the comparison, they see someone who is a, a size zero or who is really really buff or really really fit, um, and they don't. Think about whether is this person my age, this person you know of the same ethnicity and sort of gene pool or whatever um, is it filtered? They they don't think that far, right? So I think that definitely it's a more prominent issue now because they have more people to compare to. But I think in in I mean even even in my generation, Instagram didn't exist when I was in high school. Neither did Facebook. Um, so we had friends though. I think that was what we had <laughs> back then. Um, and so you know I think that even then the point pool was nowhere near as wide as it was now. So you were more prone to comparing with classmates and neighbors and the kids you interacted with. And, you know, technically speaking, you know, most of you would look roughly the same because of the fact that you come from the same background. Mm. But, you know, when you have kids who are, for example, from different ethnicities and from different demographics, kids who maybe live outside versus, you know, indoors spending a lot of time outside their bodies are going to develop very differently. Um, And those are the things that makes it an unfair fight. So definitely a much bigger issue now compared to our our generation.
0: One of the things that seems to be also a huge problem at the moment, and it's tied to the self of body body image and stuff, is the body shaming and bullying that Mm -hmm. seems to be going on. How do we know if this is happening to our child? Because teens are
1: very secretive. Yes. So... It is, you know, I I hate to sound like a broken record, but I think that social media has made body shaming and cyberbullying just so easy. Like it's made it so easy. And, you know, I've I, I just recently learned that on certain platforms, you can even send messages anonymously. Mm. So you don't even know who these people are and they're sending you these disappearing messages with really, really hurtful things, um, you know, and, and I, I, I didn't even know you could do that because I thought that everything would require your username to be on there. So I think it's a whole other level now that kids are, are having to live with. So, you know, how do we know if our kids going through it? I would say just be very conscious of the conversations your kids are having with regards to their body image. If you have teenagers at home, it's going to be a daily thing anyway, especially if you have a girl, they're going to be making comments normally. But, you know, that's why I tell parents never shut down what your kid says, you know, even if you think it's super trivial, right? Um, You won't agree when your child says that, oh, I I don't think I'm pretty. Of course, you're not. Your kid's the most beautiful human being on Earth. It's you're not going to understand it. But it's still very, very important that you hear them out because that is the that is when you recognize whether or not something has shifted. Because if they feel that they can't talk about their body image around you, when it starts becoming problematic or dysfunctional, you're not gonna know. Mm -hmm. So I would say, you know, always keep that communication, that channel of communication open so you can be aware of the types of narratives your child's using with regards to their 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 body image right i think there's a huge difference between when a child says oh my god i'm so i'm having such a bad hair day versus a child saying you know i'm so ugly i can't stand it there's a difference, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think that when you are around your child's conversation enough, you'd kind of notice the difference is one. The second thing is just in changes in their behavior patterns, right? So the most, uh, the biggest red flag that parents end up picking up is when their eating habits change very drastically. So you will see uh, either, either a restriction um, or development of food phobias or quirky eating habits, like, you know, either like I've seen some families report that their kids kind of hide food. Um, I've seen some parents report that their kids would, um, you know, eat very, very small portions. And then when they get up the next morning, there's a whole cake missing from the fridge. Like there's all these bizarre things happening at home uh, with their with their eating patterns. Even if they dress differently, if they're trying to wear baggier clothes or anything that kind of conceals their body, these are all uh, signs that... Something's amiss. It need not be a full blown eating disorder or full blown body dysmorphia, but it's an indication that the, your child is really struggling with how they look. Presumably, I mean, no, definitely. Parents want the best for their kids, but they may be inadvertently making things worse or adding to the problem. Causing and, the problem even. Sometimes, yeah. So, how, right? does, how does that happen? I mean,. I think uh, this is a real thing that I, I really, really tell parents. that I think we really need to be more thoughtful about what we say to our kids when it comes to their body image. Especially, I noticed with Asian parents, they just, uh, for some reason, the comments about like how you look is just so it just rolls off the tongue so much easier here. Mm -hmm. Like even I grew up with relatives constantly commenting on how I looked and it was never with malice, but it was always something that was just so normal, Mm. right? Um, And I think that we have to be really thoughtful about how our child takes that on board, right? I, I, I had a family a long time ago that I worked with um, who had a child who was diagnosed with an eating disorder in the end. And when I was having a chat with mom, you know, mom had said to me, you know, I, I don't understand why she is, um, is so concerned about her weight. And so we were talking about it. And then mom made this comment that really made me go, okay, that's probably where a lot of it comes from. And mom said to me, well, you know, once upon a time I was overweight too. I was 45 kilos one time a while ago. Mm. So this mom could yes, and I went forty five kilos. Forty five kilos is light as, as a feather, yeah. And so you know, so I think that you know, when when narratives like that take place, um you know, or even things like you know, do you really need to have that? That do you really need to have that cookie? Aren't you sure you you've had enough? Things like that that might not be like I said malicious. um are, you know, our, and I, I grew up in a generation where I was constantly told by, by other, you know, extended family members like, oh, you know, guys don't like it when you're this fat. You know, things like that Uh, kind of get repeated. And so I think that, you know, you don't recognize how that impacts how a child views themselves. Because remember, again, you as parents, how you view your child is going to help shape how they view themselves. And so when these comments are being made... um, and i think a lot of it is just society right um that does impact it so when when parents and, and i i talk about it often with girls but it's also the same with boys right so when you have for example role uh, male role models who push for boys to be you know very fit or to be very athletic or to go to the gym um and if that's not something that they're after they often get you know called certain terms around mm-hmm. the house right um, so so yes yeah, so i think that a lot of the commentary is what also adds to it and i know no parent does this intentionally but but it is something that the kids, you know, uh, do take on board. And I've spoken to so many parents where if I say, well, you know, this comment was thrown out and the parents get so defensive and like, well, I didn't mean it that way. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I'm not arguing that you meant it that way. I'm just saying that that's what your child's process and what your child picked up on. So You know, parents get very upset because we insinuate that they caused it. But Mm. it's not what we're saying. It's just that the way things were delivered and because there was no follow-up explanation, there was nothing behind it, the kids just take it at face value. Mom thinks Mm. I'm fill in blank or dad thinks I'm Mm. fill in blank.
0: So what's the best way then to talk to our teenagers about body issues when it's such a sensitive subject, like on body odour or,
1: Mm. you know, well you know i think that when we look at um i I tell parents you know if you have a conversation that you're going to need to have with your child that you know is not going to be received well planning is necessary right so you need to sit and think about what are the things that you want to communicate right and what are the things that you do not want your child taking from that conversation right um and even how would it be if someone were to have that difficult conversation with you right using those principles you need to sit down and kind of think about how you want to deliver this conversation or how you want to have this conversation because I think the mistake that parents make is they kind of go okay there's an issue with body odors an issue with hygiene or body image or whatever I'm just going to go in there and have that chat right Um, and that's where a lot of these things kind of come up so I think that if we're looking at um, something that the child is aware of. So say if the child is very self-conscious about their body order or is very self-conscious about how they look, then the first thing I would tell parents to do is to have a chat with your child and understand how they feel, right? So you know, it's like, I've kind of noticed that you keep making comments about how you smell, right? Why, why do you think you smell bad, right? Mm. So get your child to kind of explain to you what their viewpoint is, right? And that will give you insight into what the concerns are because you could... Assume the wrong thing and end up giving them advice that doesn't apply to them, um, and shutting that door. So that would be that would be what I would do first. If you if you know your child is aware of something or is concerned about something, but if you if you have a child who's completely unaware, right, and you as a parent have concerns about all these things right then i would say you know think about these three principles plan it out first and then sit down with your child be like hey so i wanted to talk to you about something right um and i want you to know that you know this is not because i feel a certain way or because i think you should do something you should conform to a certain thing um but you know i just wanted you to know that this is something that you know i had thoughts on and i wanted to know how you feel about it Right? So that could be about their eating habits. It could be about, you know, how often they shower. Like it could be you know stuff like that, right? So I think that, you know, first kind of identify how to approach the subject or just kind of barrel into it
0: right. <laughs> right. Of course, that takes a bit of planning and remember, everybody listening to what's being said right because it's such a knee-jerk reaction to want to fix it or answer first but when you're talking to them and I've been doing this takes a bit of patience but it all is worth it thank you so much Katiana for going through all of this with us you can listen to all of our growing pain sessions anytime anywhere on the light breakfast podcast on the shock app